Hello everyone and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 204. I'm Benjamin Yoder here today talking about video games. Uh, unfortunately, I was really busy this week and not in a makes for good podcast content kind of busy. Um, I was just busy with work, had to work some overtime, things like that. So I really didn't play any games um, and I didn't really like to spend a lot of time shoving my nose into different topics and things like that. So it makes, you know, for our usual podcast content kind of slim. Also, I didn't see any news this week that I wanted to talk about either. So so instead, we filled our episode out with uh, with two different things. Um, one is uh, Media Vision and Triace are two developers that I um, have had off and on history with in the past. I want to talk a little bit about their current status. You know, I haven't done like, you know, de- in-depth Chibi Robo level research on this stuff. Um, but, but I did t- spend a little bit of time looking into them just to kind of check to see what was going on with them these days. Um, and then also I spent some time this weekend testing out some of those games I purchased recently, as well as, um, I went and resurfaced some of my, my discs that I had that didn't work. And so I messed around with those a little bit to, to see if they were working. So I'll talk about that a little bit. And some of the games I, I spent some time checking out, um, uh, over the weekend this weekend. Um, but to get started here, you know, Media Vision and Triace, if you don't know who they are, they're these, uh, you know, longtime JRPG developers. Um, I think both kind of found their, their bearings, um, in the, in the early PlayStation days. Um, Media Vision specifically, let's start with them. Uh, you know, they're the developers of the Wild Arm series, you know, pretty, I'd say, uh, somewhat mainstream but but like a niche mainstream jrpg series at the time you know for for rpgs at the time it was a it was a biggish franchise like i knew what the wild arms name was despite being like a dumb kid who didn't know anything um but it definitely wasn't like a final fantasy or something like that um more recently you might know them for like the digimon cyber sleuth games uh chaos rings on mobile uh, they worked on some of the later Shining games uh, and the Valkyria Chronicles series, Valkyria Revolution being one of them. And if you listen to my content, you know, the Wizard of Oz Beyond the Olympic Road was also Media Vision. So they've been around for a really long time um, and they've largely been doing yearly releases um, for, for most of their lifespan. There, there's a couple of gaps, uh, one in 2000 and 2001, where they're kind of transitioning to, between like uh, the 32-bit the console generation to the uh the the playstation 2 and even the xbox they made like a game called sneakers or something which is like these little mice that run around not what you think of when you think of uh the wild arms developers but it's a really interesting looking game i forget the japanese name the japanese name is actually different i want to check that game out sometime honestly but i haven't looked into the price of it or anything like that um and then in 2004 they had a gap year as well but they released three games in 2005 so so they had like a pretty big um uh lineup there so um basically they're doing yearly releases up up until until uh, Valkyrie Chronicles 4, and they put out Valkyrie Chronicles 4 in uh, 2018. Uh, that's pretty much the last uh, game they put out, um, as far as I'm aware. At least the, the last traditional console game they put out, at the very least. And they haven't had any other, like, updates on console releases, basically, since. And Valkyrie Chronicles 4 sold, like, okay, as far as I understand, but 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 not great. Given that it's been almost, like, three years since Valkyrie Chronicles 4 happened, it's, it's curious to see if they're, if they are working on something bigger or not. Uh, the title that they have right now that they, they are still working on is a game called, uh, Megiddo 72, which has been a mobile game that came out in 2017 that's still ongoing, and as far as I can tell, the servers are still up for the game. They've pretty much shut down all the other, other mobile games at this point, so as far as I can tell, it's just this one title, 
Um, I try to spend some time looking at their, you know, website to try to get an idea, you know, if anything has changed. Uh, and they actually have like a, a fairly active blog on their website. But unfortunately, that blog was ended in uh, April of last year, so 2020. Uh, and you could probably guess why. <laughs> um, they basically said, you know, they were going home for uh, to work home at home. And in doing so, they basically decided to uh, put the blog on hold until until a future date. So that was the last update, basically. Basically. But they had like, you know, monthly, sometimes even like multiple times a month uh, blog posts that they are putting up about working at the company and things like that. So uh, unfortunately, though, there hasn't been a lot of other information that I can find otherwise. I haven't looked into like people and like what their job roles are at that company and if they're still with with Media Vision. You know, it's, this isn't something where I'm sitting there like, oh, no, you know, Media Vision must be shut down or something. But it is a little curious when when a developer that's been putting something out every year for three years, you know, or for, for, for over 20 years, I guess I should say, um, suddenly has not put out anything in three years, right? Um, but again, they, they are working on that mobile game. I have no idea how successful that mobile game is or is not. Maybe it's the biggest thing in the world in Japan that I'm unaware of, and their staff is all hands on deck with uh, Megiddo72 um, <laughs> since, since then. So... Yeah, again, nothing really to, like, I'm not saying that there's a problem there or not. It's just curious that, that they basically haven't done anything. But if you wanted to know what the Media Vision's up to right now, uh, the only information we have is they're working on that mobile game. Um, Tri-Ace is a, is a very similar situation. Um, you know, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not familiar with Tri-Ace, you know, they are the developers of the Star Ocean series. Uh, they worked on Valkyria Profile. Uh, and they've done a lot of other random JRPGs throughout the years. A lot of, like, side projects for companies like um, Final Fantasy XIII 2 and Lightning Returns. Um, those were, were uh, done in, in with Tri-Ace as kind of like the, the main uh, staffing behind those games uh, while, while I assume Square Enix is off working on other things that were deemed more important. Trying to get Final Fantasy XV done, right? Um, and the reason I looked into these guys recently is uh, a couple of reasons. One, like a week ago, we talked about Star Ocean. I'm going to get the name wrong. Amnesis or something like that. Uh, their, their game that's been running since, I think, 2016. Uh, I went ahead and shut down. And then also a friend pointed out to me that the um, Valkyrie Profile mobile game shut down. That being said, as far as I can tell, they did not develop that Valkyrie Profile mobile game. So I don't believe that they were actually involved in that project, despite them having an involvement in that series for a while. Um, I need to look into it again. But but from what I saw, they kind of like dropped off the Valkyrie Profile series at some point. So I'm not sure if like maybe you know Square owns that IP now at this point and so Square's just doing whatever that they want with it. I don't know if Tri-Ace had anything to do with like in terms of like ownership of the the, the brand at any point uh, but they definitely were the developers of, of the earlier titles in that that um, series. So the last mo- like non-mobile game that they had made that was an original game was uh, Star Ocean Integrity of Faithlessness, I believe is the name. I wrote this down, but I, I do not know the subtitle of these games. Star Ocean 5, I think, is what some people would just would sum it up as. Uh, is the like a late PS3, early PS4 release. It was on both platforms. Um, and, and since then, they basically have been doing like HD re-releases this whole time. So Star Ocean The Last Hope, uh, Resonance of Fate, uh, Star Ocean, or um, what was the other one? Uh, yeah, Star Ocean uh, The First Departure, I believe. 
Is that right? Yeah, Star Ocean the First Partial, I think, is a remake of the first game. Star Ocean the Last Hope is, is Star Ocean 4. And Resident Evil Fate is that weird gun uh, JRPG that everybody likes. It has a lot of very complicated positioning systems, if I recall correctly. Um, uh, most of those came out on PS4 and PC. Uh, Star Ocean First Departure was actually PS4 and Switch. Um, so they've been doing a lot of those HD re-releases. Um, they've been doing mobile games. I think they've had like, uh, you know, three or four mobile games since, since like 2015. But most of those have shut down. Um, they haven't actually updated their website in a bit. Currently on their website, the, the only mobile game they have listed as, as, as active is a game called, um, Mist Gears, but that shut down in late 2019. They just haven't noted it on the website. Uh, Amnesis is on there as well. The Star Ocean game, they have not noted that shutting down, but I don't believe that has shut down yet. I think that's shutting down in the next like month or so. Um, but what I did find was on their company recruiting page, uh, they actually list that they are um, on the Tales of Crystoria project with uh, with Namco. So they, they are working on that along with uh, K-Lab, who's also a mobile developer. No idea how involved they are in that, that project, but they did list it as a major project of theirs uh, on their recruiting page. Um, I will say, though, that, like, they, as of, like, November 2020, um, have, like, 150-plus employees still, so it's not something that is, like, you know, immediately noticeable as, like, oh, they're downsizing or anything like that, um, but it's just, one, again, one of those things where they haven't made, like, an original game in five years now, so it's our original, original console game, I should say. Obviously, they've been making these mobile games, and, you know, they, they can definitely... That's the, the original console games, what we're interested in here, but mobile games are obviously a very successful market. So if they pivot that way and do what they're doing over there, then that's cool, cool, cool. Good on them, right? Uh, but it seems like most of their original games have shut down outside of their, their partnership with Namco on that Tales of Crystoria game as well. Uh, again, not saying that any of these companies are shut down or that they're, you know, gone to mobile games only or anything like that. But I think it is worth mentioning since they, you know, with Media Vision, they, they had a release every year uh, for the most part until 2018 and pretty much went quiet after that. And then uh, with Tri-Ace, you know, they haven't really made an original console game since Star Ocean 5. No idea how how well that game sold. I don't know. Star Ocean is one of those series that I'm always curious, you know, how successful it really is. Although I think Star Ocean The Last Hope did pretty well. Uh, at the time, I think there's just like wasn't a lot of JRPGs early on. Well, at least a lot of like you didn't really have like a, a singular, you know, landmark JRPG in the Xbox 360 slash PlayStation 3 era, at least here in the West. Right. Or, or maybe I should say in America specifically, um, because there was just like this kind of dispersed like like Final Fantasy kind of went through this weird period after Final Fantasy 10, where I feel like, you know, mainstream opinions on that series just kind of. Uh, I don't want to say went up in smoke, but like, I think it became more, more diversified in opinions. Like I, I, it feels like a lot of mainstream media started, you know, kind of falling out of love with Final Fantasy in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, maybe it's just, just, you know, I was getting older and so I got to see more of those opinions versus I was not very cognizant of the conversations happening around like the Super Nintendo Final Fantasies or something like that. Right. Um, but, or like the PlayStation ones even, although I feel like the PlayStation Final Fantasies really stood out as like these games that everybody kind of adores for the most part, not everybody, but the majority of people. It really was like post 10 where people were upset about 11. Um, you know, there's that whole, you know, development hell process with Final Fantasy 12. And then, you know, the reception of Final Fantasy 13 that I feel like that, that's really where the, the 
damage to the brand started happening the most, probably. Um, but Final Fantasy VII Remake was really was pretty well received. Why am I talking about Square Enix and or, or Final Fantasy games? <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. I, I just sit down, sat down and spent some time looking at those. You know, I don't plan to do any further digging into this at this moment. Um, but I just thought I would report that since I took the time to look at it. And it was like, huh. Yeah, they haven't put on anything in a while. Uh, I did check their their company ID uh, on like their their tax information and things like that. Didn't really see any updates that looked too concerning on on there. Um, I did uh, go check their office space as well, similar to what I do with the Chibi Robo one. Uh, Media Vision, they're still there, I believe, but at the same time, they the Google Maps had an update since like February 2020. Triace, their building is not very. Uh, there's not like a, a visible plaque you can look at with with, with Google Maps. Uh, it's a very nice building, actually, that, they, that they're in. I was I was pretty impressed. Um, but yeah, I'm guessing like the uh, the placard to say what companies are in the building or, or inside the actual building itself. And there's actually a pretty pretty big like walking space beside the building as well. So so yeah. Um, again, not saying anything's going on right there, but just just both companies just have a, a, a have had a drought of releases in terms of traditional consoles in the last uh, handful of years here. So, um, but yeah, in terms of games I played, as I mentioned earlier, I haven't put any significant time to anything, but I uh, I did go and get some games resurfaced that I was trying to um, do for a while now. I went a while back ago in like February to get them resurfaced, and the uh, the, the, the resurfing machine at the, the store I went to just wasn't uh, uh, wasn't available. Um, the big games I was trying to get fixed were um, Wario World. I have a GameCube copy of Wario World that I got for like 10, 15 bucks back in the day, you know, probably around like 2006 or so. Um, and uh, the disc I got doesn't doesn't work properly. It like freezes up on, on certain loading screens, uh, particularly the, the second boss in the game um, was one that I, that I just like hard could not get past. Some of them I could kind of like fudge my way past him you know through like taking the disc out putting it back in or reloading the map and then going to the uh to that encounter again but the second boss i can never get past him um and i just put off replacing the disc and now that game is a very expensive game so um i was like well maybe i'll try to salvage it with a uh disc resurfacing service um um did not did not go so well unfortunately it does still play when i put it in but it looks like it's pretty much in the same condition as before you know, sometimes the loading screen works, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes you get an error, sometimes you get past it, it's just not in it, but it's like, it's it's common enough that it's not very playable, unfortunately, so, you know, worst case scenario for a game like Wario World, I, I don't remember how much it is, but, you know, I just the disc only price, is like, ugh, that's really high, um, if it is, like, so high that I'm not willing to really ever buy another copy, you know, there are ways to play GameCube games, you know, off, like, a Wii, Wii U, um, even off a GameCube SD card, um, th- that it's really not a big deal, and I've got my physical copy and everything, so, you know. The physical copy, more than anything at this point, especially as we get, like, closer and closer into this, like, digital rights management hell, is, uh, I think a big part of it for me is just, like, feeling like it's something that is in my collection of things, and as long as it's, like, a physical item in my, in my house, it feels more urgent to sit down and play it. Although I will say, like, once you start getting into the, 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 the business of me, like, probably buying way too many video games, I think that incentive is definitely a lot less, um, for, for sure, which is probably going to lead to my demise. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Um, I also tried out the Card Captors game that I have on Dreamcast. I bought that at a Portland Retro Game Expo, um, uh, uh, 
probably like a handful of years back at this point. And unfortunately, the disc just doesn't work. Um, just like when you try to put the disc in, it just sits on a black screen. It's worth mentioning I'm using a US Dreamcast and I use a Utopia boot disc to uh, to uh, launch it. So maybe there's some weird thing happening there that I'm not aware of. But as far as I can tell, um, basically the, the, the game just doesn't want to start up, unfortunately. So um, basically, you know, resurface that, did the exact same thing. So don't think there's anything... Um, exciting out of it. So unfortunately, the two games I probably cared most about getting resurfaced and working did not work. However, Final Fantasy X, my other copy of Final Fantasy X, works now. It used to freeze on the first cutscene where Sin pops out of the water, um, and it no longer does that. So I, I already replaced my copy of Final Fantasy X, um, but now I have a nicer copy that I can put alongside it. Uh, the only problem with my other copy of Final Fantasy X really is, well, the case is not as in great a condition, but who, who really cares, right? I could swap the disc between the case and we're all good. The problem is, is that the disc of the replacement copy I bought is a greatest hits version, so it doesn't match the case. And it's worth mentioning that the other case that it came with is the black label version too. So I have two black label Final Fantasy X cases, but one of the discs is greatest hits. So... You know, it was, I don't know, I just happened to have it. And I was like, sure, let's see if this will, will fix this up. And it seemed to fix it up. So cool. I guess I have two copies of Final Fantasy X now. I had two copies of Final Fantasy Thirteen at one point as well. But when I worked at the Speed Gamers, I donated one copy to um, uh, this, like a Final Fantasy marathon there at some point. Um, I'm sure they were very excited to give away what was at the time the probably most hated Final Fantasy. <laughs> but I like Final Fantasy 13. I mean, again, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I don't love Final Fantasy 13, but I think it's fine. I think it's a, it, it is a totally average Final Fantasy game, in my opinion. It's not great, not amazing, not the worst. Solid Final Fantasy. Um, I also went ahead and play, played some of the Wii games and import games I, I picked up. So so from Vink, I, I imported a... <laughs> Uh, probably, I probably shouldn't have, but I'm always, like, curious about these dumb things. Um, I bought a Hokuto no Ken patchy slot, uh, machine, which essentially is just, like, a Fist of the North Star, um, slot machine game. Um, and so you basically sit in front of a slot machine, and you have the, you know, slots go, and then if you line up all the, like, certain icons, then you get more credits, and stuff happens on a screen where Kenshiro, like, punches people and stuff like that. It's, uh, you know... And there's an auto mode, so you essentially can just turn on auto mode and sit there and watch it. I stared at it for probably like, in total, like an hour. <laughs> so it's fascinating to stare at. It's like a weird thing, but you know, it's not something you really interact with. I'm sure there's, I'm, I was about to say, I'm sure there's strategy to a slot machine game, but that's probably assuming too much. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about it from like a video game perspective, right? Like there's gotta be strategy. There's gotta be a way to succeed. Um, but it's a gambling game, right? Isn't that the point? It's like, it's, it's a lot of it is luck based. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, maybe you'll be able to tell me otherwise that, you know, when you're playing slots, there's a way you can line up the, the icons, but I assume if it's too easy to do that, then obviously they're losing money. So they wouldn't want that to happen. Uh, so I, uh, I, I assume that it is pretty much all luck. So I just sat there and left it on auto for a while. The only thing I could, I, I'm not sure about, and maybe I need to sit down and just like spend some time not doing auto mode and just like hitting the slots on my own is, um, there are cutscenes at play and they, they like transition rapidly. And I think that's because I'm in auto mode. So like when I'm in auto mode, it's like rolling new slots over and over and over again. So it's like transitioning to the next cutscene to get me to like past that slot roll I did basically. So it might be like cutting off cutscenes short and then, um, and so I don't get to see the whole thing. So maybe at some point I'll sit down and spend some time just to see what the cutscenes look like without the auto mode on. 
Anyway, it's, it's a dumb thing. Don't buy it. Um, but I had fun staring at it for a while. Unless you just want to stare at a slot machine to sit there and go like, you know, you probably don't need a patchy slot machine. I don't know. I don't know about, again, I'm not somebody who knows about, you know, slot machines or, or pachinko even. So don't like listen to me if I say I think they're not like strategic games at all because, you know, what do I know? I like, I know video games, not gambling games. So, so yeah, I played a little bit of Jamba Safari, Animal Rescue. Um, and Jamba Safari is a very interesting thing. I picked up this Wii game because it is based off, well, I thought it was a arcade port of the Sega arcade game called Jambo Safari, where you go around and it's 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 kind of like a crazy taxi in some way, where you're driving this jeep around, and then while you're driving this jeep in this like uh kind of like African um, wilderness, um, you use a lasso to grab onto various animals in the environment, and when you do that, you basically um, you know pull them in, and then you can you can capture them and you get points for it. Uh, and I, I thought the arcade game was really neat, and I looked it up, and I saw there's a Wii version of it, so I was like, oh, cool, I'll check out the Wii game. And it's definitely using, like, the same engine and everything, it's definitely built on, on that original arcade game. Um, but it's a different, kind of weirdly open game. Um, you kind of go into these wilderness environments, and there are, like, mission objectives you can find, and those have timers on them, similar to the arcade game itself. But you just ha- you can just kind of, like, coast around in the environment. You can catch wild animals on your own, like, as, as casually as you want to. It's, it's kind of this weird, interesting thing. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird to see, like, an arcade game get, like, fleshed out to be this home console title to me, I guess. But maybe that's more common than I think. I just don't, I just don't buy many home console versions of arcade games um, that are, you know, that aren't just straight ports as far as I, I can think of. But, you know, I'm probably not playing that many arcade games at home anyways. But <laughs> or, or rather, I guess maybe what I'm playing usually are, like, re-releases of those arcade games. Like, if you're in, like, the Capcom beat-em-up bundle... They're not changing that stuff, right? Versus, like, if you're playing, I don't know, Final Fight between the arcade and the Super Nintendo release. How they handle things might be different. Strider. Strider's not really a beat-em-up. But I think you get what I'm saying. Like, console and arcade conversions that change stuff. I feel like you really didn't see that happening that much as late as the Wii era. Um, But what do I know? What 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 am I saying? I don't know anything about arcades. Things I don't know about. Gambling arcades rhythm games i'm bad at all three of them and i don't know anything fighting games um so so yeah um cabela's survival shadows of katmai um i actually got this game a long time ago um i rented it from gamefly and i really liked it it was this game where you are this uh dude who's like flying this plane with this doctor and you guys crash land in the the snowy uh mountain range or whatever and you got to survive so you're like shooting wolves and stuff and and birds um, and you're just kind of running around completing various objectives trying to get down the mountain i looked up a video of this game and apparently it's only three hours long i am certain i did not beat that original or that that first time i played it so apparently i played it a lot less than i thought i did because uh if it's only a three hour long game then i must have you know dropped pretty hard pretty early on but i do remember enjoying it when i originally played it i think i just got busy and had to go do something else basically um i had the same thing with like neptunia where i rented neptunia i got a few hours in it was like you know i could invest the time into this game this is the first neptunia release or whatever so i I was i was having fun with it um but you know at the time i I was just like i need to move on to other things so i could do writing stuff for vg charts and, and the speed gamers and stuff like that so it was um 
you know, that, that sometimes I just had to pass on games like that. Um, so I, if it's only three hours, I think I might sit down and try to beat it just cause you know, why not? Right. Like a, a cool game I thought was fun. Uh, the frame rate is way worse than I remember it being. It's super, super choppy. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like a, it's like a third person shooter on the Wii that, that has survival elements. And I think that's kind of cool. It's probably, it probably plays, it's not really survival elements. I should say it, it plays more like an uncharted game is what I would say. Um, and, and an actual, ex, actual execution. Um, I don't, there might be like a hunger meter and things like that. I'd, I'd have to play it, you know, in full, but, but the little bit we, or I played of it, um, it, it really was just like a third person shooter with like platforming and stuff like that. Uh, I sat down and played some real hero, real heroes, firefighters on the Wii as well. This game is also apparently only like three hours long. Um, I, I never owned this before, but I saw a review of it with uh, game trailers a long, long time ago. Um, I think Ryan Stevens reviewed it or something. Um, anyways, but, uh, I thought it was a really cool looking game. And, you know, again, I'm into Wii shooters and things like that. So, you know, having a, a Wii shooter where you're like a fireman going around and, you know, blowing out flames with uh, with water, I thought was was pretty cool. And I really enjoyed the first mission of this game is really intense, actually. Like there's explosions going on. Like it's kind of crazy. There's fire everywhere. There's people running around. And it's just like the, the like you just feel like you don't know what's happening in that first like little bit. And I think it was a really good execution of that, that beginning part of that first mission. Once you start getting into the level a bit more, it, it starts to narrow down a bit and you can start seeing the paths and things like that. And what you need to, you know, you know, put out with your rows and what you need not to. So it feels like more like a standard video game, but that initial, like I'd say three minutes of that game are just like this very hectic feeling thing is all these things are exploding around you people are screaming and you're just like i'm just i don't know i got a fire hose who's gonna put out these fires things like that so very fun uh i I, th I think to recall that people said after the first mission it gets a little eh kind of but being a three-hour game i'm not really expecting too much one thing i was surprised by so apparently um they put out a re-release of this game on playstation 4 and pc of all things uh, and they gave it a cell shaded style, which makes a lot of sense being like, if you're going to do a PS4 port of a Wii game, like, yeah, you're going to want to do something to those graphics for sure. Um, and giving it a cell shaded look did a really good job of like making it look better. It's just kind of weird to see them like make that transition. They even do like the whole like 13 comic book text kind of thing where when you're like pu pushing buttons or like pulling levers, you have text that appear across the screen in a very comic book fashion. It's, it's really interesting to see because that original game did not have that aesthetic at all. It's pretty much a straightforward, you know, PS2 realistic kind of looking game kind of thing so had a lot of fun with it though it's very much just kind of go around and blow, blow like blow out fires and honestly it's very linear it's very scripted but as long as you're like willing to spend the time in it you know it's, it's it's a game that does a really great job of creating these really intense moments there's like a scene where you have to like you know help this guy that's like in this room and the entire room is basically on fire and the fire just keeps encroaching and you're like sitting there just trying to blow this flame black flame back while you're like the ladders coming up into the window and like you have people outside the window being like get like you're like your your fire chief like yelling over the thing trying to get the the ladder up to the window while you're sitting there like all this flame just like closing in on you and and the, the game's not afraid to hurt you 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 will start getting burned pretty quick so you have to like crouch down to reduce your flame damage and you have to like keep this guy close to you and then like when the when the ladder actually comes up they put it at the wrong window so it's like so you have to like sit there and, and like make this path over and it's like you do not have time to like really keep 
a clear area you have to just like work with what you got and just pull this guy over you know while you're just putting out the fire like right in front of you so you can just inch over to this ladder and then put him out it's very very intense and very cool um and i could see why why people liked it back in the day and why they would like take a time to re-release it kind of thing three hour video game is pretty short though and i don't know how much it was originally but i would guess at the minimum you know we game budget price you're going to be paying like 20 bucks right um minimum um you know it could be it could have been more hard to say or well not hard to say there could be i could go go look at some actual pricing things and actually figure that out but i'm gonna guess this is probably like a budget release on the wii and i didn't look at the ps4 pricing and and and, um the the pc pricing i'm gonna guess that's also a budget release too you know maybe 10 to 20 bucks so but you know i'm somebody who as long as it like feels like it's it's made its point for that three hours i'm happy i don't need it to be a super long game mochia girl was like 40 bucks and you know, it was definitely short, and I definitely felt like it could have been a longer game. But honestly, a lot of the ideas it, it had, it kind of executed on in that three hours. Maybe it was even less than that. I think it's like an hour, right, Mochia Girl? Um, but I felt like it generally executed well, and there's some replayability there too. So so it didn't really bother me that much, as expensive as it was. You know, I'm somebody who's in a fortunate position where I don't have to worry about the price of games that much. Hence, Battle and Wonderworld being $60 is not really something I'm too worried about most of the time. Obviously, if you're, you know, strapped for a budget on games, then I think that that $60 makes a lot more, you know, has a lot more um, consequence to it when you put that kind of price tag on a game like Battle of Wonderworld. So um, it's just a matter of, you know, personal situation and what you're looking for in games, too. Like, I would I would much rather have a three hour games that does something, you know, interesting and unique versus like a three hour or a three, like a 90 hour, you know, straightforward RPG that sure give me more value for my money but it's not doing anything interesting what's the point i guess um in my opinion what's the point if you're just looking to have fun hey man have fun that's why i can't play dragon quest games or at least mainline dragon quest games like they're just a little too straightforward for me i'm sure they are they have their strategy and stuff and everything but at least dragon quest 8 i was like i'm dying from this battle mechanic being so straightforward uh, Cooking Mama Cook-Off, I played a little bit of that, and, you know, <sighs> there's something to be said about the Wii in general, of just, like, when a game is asking you to do a lot of motions, and a lot of different motions, it really requires the game to be good at communicating what those motions are to the player, otherwise you have to spend a lot of time figuring out the controls. You know, I spent hours and hours trying to understand how Happy Dance Collection and Gabriella's Ghostly Groove, and I assume We Cheer as well, how those games are looking for motions. Because just trying to explain stuff in text on screen of how a controller should move, um, even sometimes just images, is just not enough. Like, like uh, the game is just looking for something else a lot of times. And, and, and sometimes I think just like having a 3D representation of that controller with a person there so you can see the exact movement that they're expecting you to make um, matters, right? Um, in the case of Gabriella's ghostly groove, some of those emotions don't even really make any sense. Um, anyways, that, that aside though, like it matters a lot how you communicate to the player, how to do motions, because we are most looking for very specific things, especially early we are modes that are not, you know, using the gyro uh, controllers of the Wii motion plus and things like that, just using the accelerometers and the controller. Um, and, and cooking mama has that problem of just not enough information. I have no idea what's going on half the time. You know, I can kind of figure it out eventually, but it usually requires me to try a few times and to understand what the game is looking for before I can actually, you know, do it. 
um, you know, things that are like, hey, you got to tilt the controller forward to like turn on the sink or something. And I tilt the controller forward and nothing happens. Like, wait, wh why is the sink not turning on? And it's because you have to tilt it all the way forward, not just slightly forward. You have to push that thing facing the ground down the, the top of the Wii remote. And, and then it's like, oh, sink. Rink. <laughs> um, so it's just things like that where it's just like it, things can be confusing in that regard or like when you're like it tells you to like it's just like point the Wii remote down and hammer to like hammer uh, uh, mochi or whatever but like um, just like when you say point the Wii remote down I'm thinking like you're you're pointing the Wii remote down right so you're like using like a you're like a mortar on a pedestal kind of thing where you're like smashing it like that I'm like I'm, I'm thinking that and it's like no you're using a hammer so you have to like have the Wii remote up and then move the hammer down kind of thing. Um, so I just had challenges with that and, and cooking mama, I'm sure like once you get used to it, it will be better. But in that, that short term kind of time I spent with it, um, it didn't make the greatest impression because I just, a lot of times had no idea what I was doing for the motion controls, unfortunately. Uh, and then I played Nicola on 3ds, which if you don't know Nicola series of games. Um, are dress-up games essentially for the for the 3ds there's apparently a ds game too i was not aware of the ds game or at least i forgot about it one of the two um and the nicola games didn't really make much of a splash here in the u.s one did come over as like i think girly photo shoot or something i think it was the second nicola game on 3ds came over that as that um it was a limited ish kind of i was about to say limited run it's not a limited run game like the company limited run but i think it had a limited production I don't think there's a lot of copies because if you try to buy a copy of the, the Nicola game that came out in the U S it's like 50 bucks still. Um, so it's not particularly cheap. Uh, unfortunately there's not a lot of copies listed online, which gives me the impression that maybe it just didn't have a lot of copies made. I know the style savvy series got somewhat pricey specifically with the later games. I assume also because of a limited print run because Nintendo's trying to push people to the eShop to buy games instead. Um, but but yeah, so so um, I, I picked up the first 3DS one, not realizing that second game had got localized, um, and it's ooh, it's it's a very dense game, visually and with text. You know, usually typically with a kids game, I expect or a game that I would imagine would be aimed at young girls. Um, I wouldn't expect a lot of density to its text, but I think what they're trying to do, and it's very similar to. I think how some of the marketing around like style savvy was and, and things like that is make that like girls fashion magazine aesthetic, which is like this very dense, colorful um, look with a lot, a lot of text, like a lot of stylized text. And that kind of stuff is just like the number one enemy of you if you're like trying to use like a camera app to translate <laughs> things because the camera app's just like there's a bunch of colors on this screen and there are this weird stylized text, and I cannot tell what is written here at all. So a lot of the menus are just too hard to really dissect um, without just clicking on it and seeing what happens. I also can't figure out how to delete the previous person save file. So I'm just like, uh, I don't know what point of the game they're at, but they're, they are at a point in that game, and they have a character, and I... I dressed up that character a little bit, posed him around. I got 2,000 yen for my cowboy outfit. I was like, yeah, I don't know what the... I, like, I don't know if there's a theme I was supposed to be matching or if they're just like, hey, dress up, but yeah. Um, I think there was a Nicola game that came over on either DSiWare or eShop. Um, but if I recall quickly at the time, the reviews, or the few reviews of it, I don't think a lot of people reviewed it, um, that I read. I'm trying to remember who, who reviewed it. Maybe it was like... Was like I feel like it was somebody that I was not expecting to review it, like a Cat Bailey or Nadia Oxford. I'm guessing I'm probably I'm wrong about that. I just don't imagine either of them really reviewing a game like that. 
But I remember reading a review from somebody I didn't really expect to review it at the time. Um, and uh, I, it was a lady though. I remember that much. Um, I, I don't think that version of the game that came out there is a full Nicola game on, on the eShop or DSiWare. I think it was like a dress up suite and that was kind of it versus like this game where you like actually have like dress up events and things like that you can do. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know a lot about that series and in playing this 3DS game, I don't know if I figured out much more of that. Um, when it looks like, so the sequel of the one that came out here, I looked up some footage of that and you know, it looks pretty similar to this previous game. So if I really wanted to sit down and invest time into it, I probably would start with that second game and get the, the translated version. It's kind of interesting though. So the, the one I have is actually a book mode game or at least how it's, starts up i don't know if you can change in the settings or what um but it was in a in a book mode format so you're holding the 3ds on its side similar to like a hotel dusk or or something like that and uh one i don't feel like there's a lot of 3ds games that do that and then two the sequel um at least the footage i saw online had the footage you know in a typical 3ds format kind of thing so i was surprised by that um so so but like the graphics and menus look almost identical between the two releases even the english version as well so so it could be one of those things where if i play that translated version i could go back and play that original release but at the same time it's also like well if i play the sequel <laughs> the sequel i didn't know that existed when i bought this um if i play the sequel a translated sequel even um then maybe like i could like like why would i go back to that first game probably so I don't, I don't really know, but you know, it was also cheap enough that I, it doesn't really matter all that much. Um, but yeah, I think that would probably be the best approach if I ever wanted to go deep in Nicola games I'd play the translated one. Hopefully that would give me some context of how the rest of the game works. And then also could figure out from there if I can actually fumble my way through the previous Nicola games at all or whatever. So huh. anyways, that's all the stuff I played. Um, well, I played more, but, but those are the ones that I thought were worth talking about. Um, so I think Real Hero Firefighters and the uh, Cabela's, I'll, I think I'll go ahead and play those because they're just so, so short. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll see from there. But, you know, I've also haven't really made any commitments to actually beating any games this year, it feels like. So I should do that at some point. Um, I haven't played any near really at all. So there isn't going to be um, anything new with that in the short term. I do. I didn't really touch like I kind of scripted out the beginning of like a near video, but I really didn't do much with it. I was just tired after this week and, and I, I just didn't get a chance to sit down and work on anything. So honestly, when it comes to content, there's not a lot coming up in the short, short term. I mean, we had that Mega Pseudo 2096 video that went up a couple weeks ago. So if you didn't look at that, you can go check that out. If you want to learn about some PlayStation 2 backwards compatibility stuff, um i did do an extra stream this weekend but it was a very lazy stream i basically just popped on the stream was like i'm gonna play a bunch of random garbage while i you know test out these resurfaced games some of the games we talked about on today's show i did on that stream so i'm gonna go check out me be very lazy i don't talk for like the first five minutes of the stream but <laughs> but after that i i start chatting a bit um and uh and then we we finished up uh or we didn't finish up we played some odama odama last week you know we played odama for like an hour you know, it's one of those games that, that I, I I think it was worth showing off, but, you know, playing it long term, uh, it's a little frustrating. And so on stream, it basically just comes down to me being like, ah, the entire time rather than actually saying anything of value. Uh, we played some other stuff, some import stuff as well. I don't remember exactly what we played there. Uh, Goo Goo Soundy was one that we played. Uh, iShield 21 on the Nintendo DS, which apparently came out before the Wii version of iShield 21. Um, and then we played Geist Crusher as well which is a uh, treasure game 
uh, kind of a 3D action game. Seems pretty all right. A, a game that I saw, it kind of was was poorly received. It seemed like it was pretty solid from what I played. Nice production values. Um, and and I think the biggest challenge might be that the, the gameplay maybe was just a little simple. Uh, I don't know how much it evolves from that beginning of the game. And depending on the length of the game, you know, I could see that begin, begin to get a little a little tiresome. Um, if the the typical like three hit combo kind of thing was 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 all that was there, the levels are also a little bland as well. It feels more like arenas that you're just kind of walking through rather than actual levels. So, but I think that might be kind of the intention is to make it kind of like a 3D arena brawler kind of thing. So, I don't know. It didn't seem terrible at least, uh, but it seemed fine. Anyways. That's it for this week. Like I said last week, we'll be playing some Kaito Joker on 3DS, the Japanese import, an Inti Creates kind of puzzle platformer. So we'll be playing that on Thursday this week at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so if you want to come check that out, you can go check that out. Otherwise, though, um, I am going to probably just see how I feel this week. You know, I'm going to guess at least the beginning of this week is probably going to be pretty, pretty difficult as well with uh, the workload. So we'll see how it goes. And then, uh, and then hopefully I can get some actual work done, um, for another video. That's it for this week, though. Thanks for coming. OneControlPro.com is the website, and I hope you have a great week. Bye!